0: Like Bob on Facebook at Facebook.com slash live.
1: If you're a regular listener to the program, uh, you know that I have expressed over and over again my uh, deep concern about a lot of the trends in Christian music, our uh, view of worship, the difference between performance and participation. Well, someone that is right out in the forefront of this is Keith Getty. Many of you are familiar with Keith and Christian Getty and their SING conferences, and uh, I have looked forward for a long time to have the opportunity of talking with Keith, and today is the day. Keith Getty, welcome to the program.
2: Hey there, how are you?
1: I am blessed and I'm um, I'm honored to to uh, talk to you today. Thank you for taking time.
2: Oh the the honor, the honor is ours. It's to it's, it's just a, a, a 10 minute window between rehearsals as sing conference begins on Monday and all the artists are in today rehearsing so it's it's very exciting.
1: Well, I I'm sure I'm sure it is. So if you only got 10 minutes and let's let's hurry. Uh what what brought you to the forefront of some of the the controversy about Christian music, worship music in our churches today? What what lit the fire in your soul about this?
2: Well, I, I don't know if I'm controversial. I think or I think I think of ourselves as really just trying to do what generations of believers have done, and that is uh, help make Christ and His gospel and His Word believable and beautiful to people and. Uh, so trying to out him that that tell about this gospel and tell the whole truth of his word in songs that be right. and uh, and so I think I think the modern contemporary music tends to have some slightly different priorities and over, over the seasons that, that that's maybe been exposed a little bit. All
1: right, uh, and, and again I'm jumping around here, but we don't have much time. I want to make sure that our listeners know about the Sing Conference that's coming up in Nashville. Give us some of the details.
2: Well, the same conference each year is to help churches sing, and we bring together um, theologians and pastors. We bring together uh, musicians and artists, and we bring together worship leaders and people involved in church music and family music at every level. And this year we have a range of speakers. We've got, we've got uh, John Piper. We've got uh, John Lennox, John McCarthy, We've got uh, Mark Devert, uh, D.A. Carson, Paul Tripp, uh, Jeremy Begby. Malcolm Guy, Alistair Beggs is going to at the pre-conference. Lots of these wonderful preachers then. then we bring together, people from the whole world of the arts, from an orchestra and choir program to look uh, at Kirk in the jazz saxophonist this year, a number of the classical music guests. And then we bring people from church music, so Kristen and I. And we've got 10 of us right together, all the hymns for our company. And we're also got special guests, City of Light, this year, and, and the Shades as well, so very excited.
1: Well, it's coming up September 4th through the 7th, and uh, it is possible for our listeners to participate, even if they can't make it to Nashville, correct?
2: That's right. What they've done is it's created the entire conference online, plus the opportunity to do all 80 seminars as the year goes along. Plus, in addition to that, there's online broadcasting and an actual show, which is constantly running. Uh, an online show which is constantly uh, running, and you can do feedback, and it's very interactive. And then what you get is, with this package, you basically get a thing for your family and your church for the year that you can enjoy um, these resources, these how to seminars, lectures, uh, talks, worship services, versions of all the songs, and all the music for free, all as part of signing up for this each year
1: and you can sign up i understand it's singglobal.com/virtual correct
2: that's right sir that's right sir
1: singglobal.com/virtual the conference is september 4th through the 7th uh, if our listeners would want to go in person are there still tickets available
2: absolutely i think there's about well i think there's about 100 tickets left for the actual conference i believe it's, it's pretty much sold out, but this is, I, think, I think about 100 tickets left for the conference. I think it was six, there was, we, we can only do six and a half thousand spaces this year because of are Opryland. But then you can get the online passes, and you can keep buying those over the weekend and, uh, and encourage your friends and all over the place who want to experience this all right. and be part of the global community.
1: And how could our listeners get tickets if, if they get how in can... very quickly? How can they get the tickets? Sure.
2: If you go to getamusic dot com or or the getamusicworshipconference dot com or singglobal.com, all of those, you can pick them up from there. All
1: right, in in watching the the emphasis that you put in your sing conferences in your ministry, you put a lot of interest, emphasis on choirs. Choirs in churches are falling on hard times, dropping off dramatically. Why, why do you feel that choirs are still so important in our corporate worship?
2: Well, I mean, I've seen it in both sides. I've seen choirs be extremely helpful, and I've seen them be extremely unhelpful. But, 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 <laughs> well, but I've seen, I've seen, seen some pretty
1: bad choirs, and I'm sure you have, yeah, too. Yeah.
2: yeah, but you know what? The reason I love choirs is, is primarily because they help people sing, which is our job as church musicians <clears clears> that the world doesn't need. Uh, another um, you know, player or anything like that, but so that, that's the primary job that they do. The second thing, and uh, the second thing that they do, is, is they can add beautiful artistry to a church and help with that. And the third thing they do is they add a, a prayer and a, they add a, prayer, a prayer support and an administrative support to the church. You know, often a good choir, who are committed to the cause and committed to helping the church sing, are also the people who are you know, getting their hands dirty and really helping out with every aspect of church life.
1: Yeah, so true. Uh, Do you see the... I mean, the trend is away from church choirs. There's been um, a 12% decrease in choirs in the last 20 years. Do you see that changing at all, or do you see that decline continuing?
2: Well, I think it can change, but I think choirs themselves have to change, you know, to to keep doing that. I mean, here's the thing. Choirs have been around forever. The picture of heaven is one of choir singing. So I don't think that... Italian unlikely that they're gonna have a sort of a quick, a quick sabbatical before heaven, so to speak. So I think it is I think it is an exciting thing and it's something that they can be involved in and uh, but I think again we have to innovate on how best to use acquirements church service. A lot of the arrangements choirs have been using, for example, in in, in 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 free church communities are actually quite dated sounding arrangements. So if we go to classical arrangements, which never really date, or they go or, or they create uh, Create ways of getting into new music. I think that really helps.
1: Are there any new John Petersons around that are specialising in choir arrangements?
2: Gosh, well, on one side there's some people like Dan Forrest who are beautiful classical ones, and uh, but there's um, but there's also but there's also I think a good opportunity for people today to write choirs into contemporary songs into the hymns that they sing in their churches. Mm. Um, you know, and also let's not forget as well, children's choirs and, and, and youth choirs too. There's, yeah. there's an article, article written about ten years ago in the Church of England magazine, which basically traced the decline of the Church of England to the decline of choirs. And obviously, you and I probably think there's a lot more to it than that, than there was, sure. but it was just an interesting to watch how a children's choir helps create community. It brings the people into the home. It brings it brings it brings the people into to if it brings ch- children and parents into community life, and so that the Christian kids learn to grow up with like, under, under loving church, and the non Christian kids think of the church as a friend. So, all of those things help for a number of generations, and I think those things have been lost sadly.
1: Well, we're talking with Keith Getty, and uh, he and his wife are sponsoring the Sing Conference in Nashville, September 4th through the 7th. If you want tickets, there are a handful left at gettymusic.com, correct?
2: That's right, sir.
1: And if you
2: want
1: if you want to watch it online virtually, it is singglobal.com slash virtual. Singglobal.com slash virtual. Keith Getty, keep up the wonderful, so much, wonderful Andy, yeah. works. God has used you in such a wonderful, wonderful way in ministering to the church, not only in America, but around the world. Keep up the great work, and thank you for taking time for us oh, today.
2: Thank you. Thank you. They're about to start off the rehearsal, but thank you so much for including us and putting us into your schedule, too. I'm and many, of, many of our friends, as you know, Kristen and I, we came to America, lived in Ohio. We chose to live in Ohio. We love that state. And uh, we hope many people around Ohio and around the Midwest can tune in and be part of this Sing Global community next week and for the next year.
1: Amen. Thank you, Keith Thanks Getty. You God
2: bless you. All right.
1: All right. All right. Live will continue. My number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483.
0: Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash live.
1: I think we all knew this, uh, but now it is official. When when COVID hit, uh, we heard a lot about follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. The problem is, and was, and continues to be, that settled science was a moving target. You remember this well. What was settled science last week is not settled science this week. Remember? 15 days to flatten the curve. Who will ever, ever, ever forget that? And I've said this probably 10,000 times without exaggeration. As we get on the other side of COVID, we're going to find out that almost everything we were told was not true. And uh, I mean, think about what we were told about the vaccines. All you got to do is get the vaccine. COVID will go away. It will just go away because once you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. And of course, you can't pass it on. Well, we found out that wasn't true at all. Now, I think from my research that those who got the vaccine, particularly those who are older, had a less severe case of COVID. But we were told if you get the vaccine, you don't get COVID. We now know that that is blatantly untrue. In fact, from what I can gather, having the vaccine has nothing to do with whether you will get it or not it may impact how severe you get it so that was just blatantly blatantly untrue it was false now were they lying to us i don't know i just think they they didn't know what they were doing they had no clue but everybody was saying do something do something do you got to do something and so they did something uh and you know, then we were told we ought to keep the kids home. Can't let them go to school. My goodness, those schools become breeding grounds for COVID, and everybody's going to get sick and die. And we're going to have we're going to have millions of children dying all over America if we send them into schools. We have now found that that's not true. We have found that COVID was very, 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 very mild. For almost all children, for a child to get a serious case of COVID was extremely rare. In fact, the research indicates that the flu is more dangerous for children than COVID. Now, in spite of that, the experts shut down the schools. And then the teachers union got involved. And I will say this, I I will continue to say this, there are many wonderful teachers in our public schools. There are many wonderful teachers in our schools. But let me tell you something, the teachers union doesn't care anything about kids. Just like, oh boy, most labor unions don't really care about the laborers. But teachers' unions don't really care about the kids. And so it wasn't science that shut down the schools for such a long time. It was the teachers' union. We're not going to go back. We're not going to go back. We're not going to go into the classroom. We are not. You know, who cares about the kids? Well, we are now learning just how destructive settled science was for our students. Here is an Associated Press story from today. Math and reading scores for America's nine-year-olds fell dramatically during the first two years of the pandemic, according to a new federal study. Reading scores saw their largest decrease in 30 years during the pandemic. Math scores, and I can't believe this, but but I'm reading this, and this is from the U.S. Education Department. Math scores had their first decrease in the history of the testing regimen behind the study. And who got hurt worst? Let me read it to you. The declines hit all regions of the country and affected students of most races, but students of color saw some of the steepest decreases widening the racial achievement gap. Uh, Quote, these are some of the largest declines we have ever observed in a single assessment cycle in 50 years of the NAEP program, said Daniel McGrath, the acting associate commissioner of uh, the NCES. Students in 2022 are performing at a level last seen two decades ago. Quote, the pandemic's upheaval especially hurts students of color. Mass scores dropped by 5 percentage points for white students compared with 13 points for black students, 8 points for hispanic students. The and here's the saddest, the divide between black and white students widened by 8 percentage points during the pandemic. And as we look back, it was all unnecessary. But we followed the science And we listened to the teachers' union. Now, I am not an apologist for Donald Trump. But it was Donald Trump who was saying to the unions, get the kids back in school. And he was called a fanatic. He was sending children to their certain death. Turns out he was right. And it was the children that suffered.